0: Welcome to Right to Life, of Michigan's Life Me. I am your host today, Chris Gast, and joining me is just, not just, but just, <laughs> Anna Plymer. Anna. Hello. Happy Friday.
1: Happy Friday.
0: Well, today's feature is going to be about uh, the abortion pill. There was a lot of action in court uh, this week and Friday after work hours of last week. Who knows? What could happen before we even get this podcast aired. That's true. But uh, we'll try to keep you up to date as much as possible. So a very big decision out of Texas that has since been changed about uh, the availability and the legality of the FDA approval of the abortion pill. Uh, Before we get into the court cases and get you up to date on all that, uh, we should start with just kind of the history of how we got here, and because that's what really the case is all about. It was going back to the FDA's original 2000 year 2000 approval of it, which was done totally illegally, mm-hmm. um, totally improper. <clears throat> but uh, to understand, you know, why the judge ruled how he did on that case, we have to kind of go back a little bit. Um, so, what is the abortion pill? You know, where did it come from? Who developed it? Uh, it was first invented as just a chemical with the number RU. Uh, it was a very long number, but it ended in four eight six, and its nickname since then have been RU four eight six. Why was it called that? Because a French company, and I'm going to mispronounce this, and my wife is going to murder me later today, because um, <laughs> she speaks French. Is Roussel Uclaf was the name of the French uh, pharmaceutical company where this chemical called mifepristone, uh, that is the main pill used in the abortion pill regimen, was invented. Um, When it was invented in the eighties, there was kind of an outrage in France. You know, the French people didn't take too kindly of it. Part of the problem was the owner of. I'm not going to say the French name. We'll call it RU. The the owner of RU was a German pharmaceutical company called Hochst AG. Oh boy. Uh, yeah, very German name there. Um, that company is infamous because it used to be part of the, uh, you know, the infamous German pharmaceutical giant IG Farben, which for you history buffs know, was uh, a major contributor to the Nazi war effort in World War II. And it was their um, pesticide product, Zyklon B, that was used in the gas chambers of Nazi concentration camps. So uh, the idea that – and they owned RU. So basically the same company – the same lineage, you know, that was responsible for death on a scale of millions just 40 years before is now suddenly creating a, a human pesticide, is, if you will, uh, that's going to be used to kill millions of more people. Uh, the French people didn't like it. And so um, the company itself, RU slash, uh, slash Hoxt, um <laughs> Anna's laughing. Uh, they decided to pull it. Like, okay, you know what? We shouldn't do this. This isn't right. Um, you know, it, it should be noted that you know all the people that are responsible for that old company um, in World War II. Obviously, it wasn't the same people still hanging around 40 years later. But nevertheless, they were too uncomfortable. They decided <laughs> to pull it. Well, what happened? The French government ordered them to keep producing it. So they learned just like Walgreens is learning today and others that when you enter the abortion industry you're not allowed to leave with your dignity and your conscience intact. You can't just walk away.
1: Mm-hmm. It will not
0: be allowed. It's too important for a variety of reasons to a variety of people. So, uh fast forward a couple years, so 1994 uh, the, the former head of that whole French-German pharmaceutical uh, giant uh, was gone. And he was, I think he was uh, uh, Catholic or something, and didn't like it, and that's what helped make them, you know, he didn't want it to spread. Well, by then, new leaders were in place, and America was very interested in importing the abortion pill over here. So uh, they sold, the French and German company sold the rights to an organization in America to produce it. And that organization was the Population Council. Who is the Population Council? If you've listened to all of our LifeBeat episodes, you would know, because we've uh, detailed this in a couple episodes, that uh, they are an organization that were founded by the Rockefeller family to do population control. Uh, Their main goal is to decrease the surplus births, as good old Scrooge would put it. Um, And, you know, so their population control, their eugenics, um, you know, the founder's uh, dad was John D. Rockefeller Jr. He was the guy that Margaret Sanger convinced to join her population control and eugenics movement. So um, they were the ones that wanted to bring the abortion pill to America. Because abortion is an important tool for population control, mm-hmm. and the abortion pill is, in their mind, the abortion industry such a great thing because it's cheap for the abortion industry. It decreases the amount of staff they have to use, the amount of time they have to spend with women. They can do death on an industrial scale, as opposed to, you know, medicine is still a very personal scale where people have to interact and there's no with patients. Right, and there's no cleanup. Well, there's a cleanup with the abortion They don't have pill. to do it, though. They don't have to do it. No, the women have to do it in their bathrooms, at work, in grocery stores, wherever mm-hmm. they happen to be um, when the bleeding starts. Um, it, and so, you know, but uh, eugenics, sterilization, not very popular today. That was the main population control tool. Abortion is because you get pregnant you can't really get around that. Um, and so that's one of their main tools. The Population Council, of course, could count on their friend, President Bill Clinton at the time, to bring the abortion pill to America. So what they did is they – and we'll detail this in a second when we get into the case – but they rushed the abortion pill through the process, uh, a special process, the FDA, by declaring pregnancy a disease.
1: Yeah. A disease. They call it um... – subpart h and it was created for things like AIDS where they could expedite a drug in because it had life threatening you know a life threatening illness or disease and so you didn't have to go through all of the the testing and the studies and the process to get it approved by the FDA so they used that mechanism to get it approved and basically said pregnancy is a disease or a life-threatening illness and we need to get this foreign drug here that basically has no testing.
0: Yeah. And so uh, it was rushed through, it was approved, and then the Population Council began producing this drug. They very smartly set up a secret shell company called Danko Laboratories. We don't know where Danko is. We don't know who's on their board. We don't know anything about them besides the bare basics. It, unlike every other you know, Pfizer, you, you know where everything is coming from. You know where it's being produced. You mm-hmm. know who's on the board. Danko, it's a black box. We you don't know, know.
1: Honestly, I'm very surprised after all these years that as savvy as pro-lifers are, we haven't figured out where this this building is.
0: Maybe we have. Maybe you haven't been around long enough, being the inner circle, to know Anna.
1: That's true, but it seems like <laughs> no. they would make that public knowledge to you know the rest of the country.
0: Uh, they have a lot of money and influence, so uh, it's uh, it's a little bit harder to get into that level of as good as we are of infiltrating mm-hmm. the other side. We we aren't perfect, we'll say. Right. Um, right. And anyway, it's very smart because you know the, the you know uh, Russell Uklaff, and Hawks had to deal with the protests. They had facilities, they had corporate offices. The anger could be directed somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no one's heard of the Population Council. They aren't a company; they're just a giant, you know, nonprofit NGO foundation, whatever you want to call them, by the Rockefeller family and others. And their company has nowhere to protest. Um, Nothing like that. And they don't produce anything else. So whereas all these other pharmaceutical companies have, they stand to lose by being unpopular, when your only product is the abortion pill, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. In 2019, the abortion pill became generic. And then there's another company out there producing abortion pills called GenBioPro. Very similar. It's their only product. Um, you can't they don't have an about us page it talks about all their great staff and their history and whatnot Um, that was basically founded by the tech billionaire uh, David Packard of Hewlett Packard Um, so if you own a Hewlett Packard printer you are founding abortion pill (laughs) (laughs) or if you've owned any Packard uh, any HP computers anything like that um, the money from that and this foundation uh, of course Packard was a billionaire what did he become obsessed with? As every one of them, except Elon Musk and a few Texas oil barons, get obsessed with
1: population population control.
0: control. And he he wrote a letter to his kids saying, "I know you all disagree on things politically, but we got to stop. Got to get rid of the babies. Too many babies. Figure it out. Uh, I'll let you figure it out." And so their kids uh, have created the other company that is basically half of the abortion pill market in the country. So we have. These two secret corporations, uh, laboratories, f- founded by giant population control uh, organizations, funded by billionaires. Um, it's like we live in a Bond movie. <laughs> <laughs> Except again, as we've talked about on the podcast, you know, the bon- even the Bond villains wanted to, you know, save uh, humanity in their own really weird, twisted, creepy ways. For the most part um so just coming at full circle um that's how the pill got here it was rushed through um and that's why it's gonna be this is such a fight as we'll talk about and see with that texas judge's ruling is Mm -hmm. there's so much power and influence and money tied up into the abortion pill which is basically the number one population control tool in terms of importance now um, except for maybe you know a certain you know one or two contraceptive methods, but uh, this is it for them. <clears throat> and two, you know with contraceptives, you know, they're, they're not 100% effective. you know half of women who have abortions um, reported being on a method of contraception in the same month. So they need the abortion pill. These billionaires are experts at getting special treatment, finding ways around laws having friends in high places, including courtrooms in Washington and other places and in the media. And so, um, yeah. So let's talk about the Texas case, which was short-lived in its full effect.
1: Yeah. So in November of 2022, the... Alliance for Hippocratic Medicine, which is a coalition of doctors, filed a lawsuit to challenge the um, FDA approval of the abortion pill in 2000. And so we finally got a ruling on that from a Texas judge. I don't know how to say his last name.
0: Matthew something, something judge like K. Something like
1: that. Yeah um and so he ruled he agreed that the the abortion pill was approved unlawfully and that they rushed it through and they you know they didn't properly approve it like any other drug and so he agreed with them they won the case and then the a case came out How many was that? Like directly after his ruling?
0: Was it like a minute after? Like I don't think there was any time in the news. I think it was a day after. Was it? I think it was the same day. No, because
1: it was Friday night, and then I think it was Saturday morning. Something like that. Within the same weekend, a judge from Washington State ruled that the FDA should not make any changes to how they approve the abortion pill, and that it needs to stand how it has been for the last 20 something years 23 years and so
0: it's amazing that they were able to consider all the important parts of his ruling and get that done in like minutes
1: right they didn't have a traditional super house yeah
0: powerhouse Yeah, yeah yeah
1: so basically that put us where everyone was like okay well Nothing's really changed then because of his ruling, and ultimately the U.S. Supreme Court is going to have to weigh in on this and, and ultimately decide. So then, what day was this?
0: I don't uh, even know what day it is today. I se- it's Friday. I said Happy Friday, so it must be Friday.
1: Um, the Fifth Circuit. Wednesday? Wednesday, Wednesday yes. evening? Yes. yes. No, no, no. Thursday morning. Thursday uh, morning. Something like that. The Fifth Circuit ruled, um, and this is
0: for just this is the over over the Texas case.
1: Yep. Yeah. So yeah. they ruled in the Texas case they partially they put a partial stay on um, the Texas judge's ruling, meaning that they agreed that the FDA lawfully approved the pill, meaning that it was fine how they did it; it was legal that how they approved it.
0: Well.
1: Well, no, how they approved it in two thousand two thousand, but they they removed, um, so essentially they went back to two thousand and sixteen where you couldn't have mail order abortions. Um, you couldn't have nurses dispensing the abortion pill. And if there was an adverse reaction, you had to report it even if if it wasn't a death. If it was someone just got injured from the pill, you still had to reported. And so he said it's still approved, but we're going back to before COVID, which is great news because um that was a really big issue that started from COVID and it allowed pharmacies to be able to I don't know that they actually were ab- were even able to start um selling them at pharmacies, but That allowed them to be able to do that. And so that's great news. Um, I still think the U.S. Supreme Court's probably going to have to ultimately decide because at this point, it's like whiplash of the next case. Like, who knows what what judge is going to do tomorrow or tonight?
0: So in the 17 states that were party to the Washington case, which are scattered all over the United States, basically every— state with a pro-abortion attorney general. Mm -hmm. Uh, The abortion pill continues as it did last week, where basically very few um, regulations. You could buy it from a pharmacy if they are, um, I think. I don't know how that... entered—but In any case, mail-order abortions. Uh, For the rest of the United States of America... um, So 33 states, I think, and uh, the District of Columbia, um, or (laughs) who knows. (laughs) Uh, You were back to the old 2016, before the pandemic rules, where uh, the abortion pill has to be uh, distributed in person at the clinic to the women. It can't be sent in the mail. Um, It can't be done at 10 weeks. It has to be done before seven, seven weeks, weeks, which is what the original FDA approval was. That was again not based on a ton of research, but even the research that we do have showed a huge amount of side effects. Um, and so, uh, abortion pill is still available, but it, you can't just get it through the mail. You can't just go down to Walgreens and get it for these other states. Michigan would be part of the seventeen because our attorney general loves her some abortion and. Um, uh, it was a party to the Washington case, so a couple legal things to get into. Um, first of all, one thing that bothers me is the main argument against these cases was uh, standing. So mm-hmm. the other side said that so in a legal case you have to be basically a party to the case to be involved. You have to have legal standing. You can't just initiate a legal case for someone else that you don't have a relationship with. Now. The absolute hypocrisy of this with abortion cases is, um, except for uh, Norma McCorvey in, in Roe versus Wade, who was basically used. Uh, but since then, at no point has any woman actually challenged abortion laws in all these Supreme Court cases we've dealt with. It's always been third party standing, it's always been the abortion facilities claiming to speak for the women who would be harmed, and the courts have just allowed them to cheat judicial process and get that through. So it's incredibly hypocritical and ridiculous, and these people don't have an honest bone in their bodies when they turn around and and say that, um, you know, doctors can't then also on behalf of their patients on the topic of abortion for any pro-life laws also have standing, like either, this third-party standing thing for abortion is true for both sides mm-hmm. or it should be true for neither side. Um, but again, the other side will never, ever, ever be honest because they just don't care. They And they're never held accountable in the mainstream media, so they don't feel a need to be honest with how that works. But Chris Gast <laughs> notices the hypocrisy and can't stand it. Um, another thing is so... I mean, in the in the Fifth Circuit case, they didn't say that the FDA approval was um, legal. Like they didn't say that FDA went about it right. Well, they
1: said as of right now, for right now, we're going to review the whole case. But for right now, it's it's, it's still going to effect. remain right. It's going to remain there.
0: But they did say that um, you know they did say that the reason they that they're not going to revisit that. In in their stay, which isn't the final decision, mm-hmm. but uh, they said the statute of limitations. So of course, statute limitations exists to so that you can't, except for uh, serious crimes, but for more minor crimes, you can't prosecute a case 30, 40 years down the road when witnesses aren't around and evidence doesn't exist anymore. Um, and you know the whole idea of statute of limitations is stopping. Um, serial accusers from just dredging up things that they didn't pursue you know Mm -hmm. when they needed to um, and that it's almost a system of vengeance instead of justice Uh, but in this case well first of all i don't know how statute of limitations applies to like administrative procedures because they're not really we're not talking about criminal law we're talking about the fda violating their rules and procedures as dictated by congress um but, you know, as the judge in the Texas case said, well, why are we visiting this now? It's like, well, this is the first time we've done it because the FDA has stiffed armed the normal process for complaints and stuff for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not the fault of, you know, pro-life people have been pursuing this using the pr- appropriate legal channels. It's been the FDA that's been breaking the law and breaking... Um, Regulations and refusing to address the concerns, and only now has the case you know gotten to court. So it's not like this is something that you know we just dredged up twenty years later. Is like I know how we can get them. Like, right? If you go back to right-to-life Michigan stuff, you know, pre-internet, almost pre-internet days, like back when we were talking about the French abortion pill, as we called it back then. <laughs> um, Like you can read all about how we objected to the process and how it happened, and it's just frustrating that um, you know the judges are gonna say, "Well, it's been a while." It's like I know, but this is the first opportunity that's had to been addressed, and it's not like we haven't been trying to do it. It's not the it's not the plaintiff's fault. It's the it's the you know person guilty of the crime who it's their fault that we didn't have a chance to revisit it and. I won't go into my next point, but we'll move on. Um, so, I mean, legally, what the FDA did was wrong. Uh, pregnancy is not a disease. How, how we all came to be created and born is is a natural functioning of the human body. Mm-hmm. If, if it didn't function that way, none of us would exist. If um, it didn't
1: function that way, that is a disease.
0: Right. Exactly. So there you go. Um you know, the process that they used is for responding to pandemics and um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: babies being born is not a epidemic.
1: I do think that it's interesting. Quite the opposite. Since all these cases that, you know, each side's going to have their messaging points and whatever. They've seemed to take on the, well, we still need to have the abortion pill because they use it for... Um,
0: miscarriage for miscarriage treatment i know they're really yeah they're really pushing to use the miscarriage to promote abortion
1: um and they're also saying that which is surprising to me and i think we've talked about this on the podcast before they've kind of switched gears they're saying well we need the abortion pill because it's way safer than um first trimester surgical abortions
0: but Anna, I've been told first trimester surgical abortions are safer than childbirth.
1: Yeah, and they're super quick and they in and out like it's that. It's
0: gentle suction. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's just gentle. removing. It's just removing uh, it's pregnancy a tissue. same day
0: like we don't need any informed consent or an ultrasound or right. a waiting period. Just these women can walk in and walk out. It's like getting a tattoo. Right. Or wait, no, no, because we actually regulate Children getting tattoos (laughs) and there's a process and we inspect tattoo parlors. Right. And we have licensing all that. No, no, it's not like that. But but in any case, yeah.
1: Yeah, so they've... Whatever's
0: convenient for the moment. Yeah. Whatever's convenient for the moment. I think that's interesting. Zero shame. It'd be great if a media organization that is so great about, you know, uh, dredging up what people said 10, 20 years ago. You know, we don't have a statute of limitations for cancel culture. You know, it would be great if maybe they look back, say uh, five minutes ago, and talk about uh, see them talk about how safe surgical abortion is. Well, what happened? Did surgical abortion suddenly become dangerous? Mm
1: -hmm. I don't know. Maybe they were always dangerous. Who knows?
0: Perhaps you know. Beats me. Uh, Yeah. Um, So they're they're lying now. Yeah, abortion pill is really safe. One of the things that the judge pointed out. And I will say, although the Fifth the Circuit Court, I think, I wish they would have, that whole statute of limitations thing is kind of frustrating. They did have some really great points in there. Like one of them, for example, like the FDA is making all these changes by, by you know saying, oh, are you 46 is safe? Because we don't get your reports of women dying. Mm-hmm. Um, but the FDA stopped requiring reporting of any deaths from it to them. So that's great. Like, you know, I... This nuclear bomb is totally safe. It hasn't harmed anyone because I haven't gotten a report of the 100,000 right. people that got bombed, you right. know?
1: Totally safe. I do think it's... It's a positive thing that it's going in the right direction and something that could have a good outcome because, I don't know, they're going to relook at it. They It was a temporary stay that the... The abortion mm-hmm. pill is still approved, but they did say they were gonna relook into all the evidence, reevaluate it all. So that is promising not to be a debbie downer for Michigan. but even if by by some miracle that they were able to take the abortion pill off of the market, there have been some prosecutors in Michigan that have uh, publicly stated that they will not go after doctors, even if they found out that they were illegally prescribing the pill, that they wouldn't put any of their effort towards that. So that's a little discouraging. Obviously, that's not all the prosecutors in Michigan, but pretty sure Oakland County did say that, unfortunately.
0: So I think that yeah, the broader point is encouraging that we, you know, it, it's just holding the side, the other side, to their own standards that they have set up, and it's supposed to be the general standards for health and science and evidence-based medicine, as they would call it. Just holding them to their own standards, they can't apply it, and uh, and then you know, like you said, if you know we get it there, I mean, it'll be really hard for them to distribute it because you know you can't op even you can't. A secret company like GenBioPro and Danko Labs, um, you know, they aren't going to be able to get away with existing on a national scale and doing that. But, you know, that is a problem. The, the other side, they just refuse to accept laws. If if 90% of Americans um, said one thing, the hardcore pro abortion people wouldn't agree with it. I know they were talking about the people decided in Michigan a lot, mm-hmm. but the second the people don't decide a thing, they're...
1: They don't care. It's a
0: completely, yeah. Yeah. Whatever argument they need to say, whatever they need to do, whatever, that's the real takeaway from all this. (laughs) Whatever legal process they need to cheat, whatever evidence and research process they need to circumvent, whatever ridiculous thing they need to do, like declaring pregnancy a disease, they will do it because they need abortion. There's too many wealthy and powerful interests who see abortion as the number one population control tool. And, you know, human beings are the greatest threat to humanity in their minds. Too many human beings is the greatest threat to humanity. So many more twists and turns to come. We'll keep you updated. Uh, But for now, uh, a partial pro-life win. And we'll take wins, right? We will. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for this edition of LifeBeat. Join us again next week. Have a wonderful, warm spring. Michigan weekend.